Ah, gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of A Chat with Gailey. It's me, your host, Marcus Gailey. We have a very special podcast today. As we know, this past weekend, the season wrapped up. It's uh, it's exciting yet also sad because now we have to wait another, I don't know, 10 months, 9 months before we start another one. However, a new champion, the fourth ever champion of the Young Fantasy Football League was crowned. That team was owned by Austin, never mind, um, Dan Brennan and Christian Eubanks, two newcomers this year. Um, joining me today is actually one of the two champions. I'm here in the Brennan basement, primed for Red Zone Sunday. I'm here with Dan Brennan. Dan, congratulations. Hey, thanks, Mark. It's uh, appreciate it. Couldn't do it without my co-owner, Yubi, though. Yeah, un- unfortunately, we did try to call him a moment ago. Uh, he did not answer. It is believed that he is out to dinner with another member of our league's father. Uh, that member of the league will remain unnamed at this time. Uh, we might try to call him later. I don't know if they're at the uh, appetizer portion, if they're on towards dessert. But, uh, you know, we'll see if he answers. We'd love to get the co-owner, uh, you know, the number two you say the B option uh, <laughs> in here on the pod as well, but um, yeah, we'd hate to mess up their spaghetti dinner. Yeah, happens. right. Don't want to step on any toes there. Uh, but anyways, Dan, uh, like I said, congratulations, and we'll just get right into the interview here. Uh, how does it feel? Uh, it feels great. I mean, we were probably one of the favorites going in, so it's not like super surprising. But considering we went into the playoffs seven and seven, banged up pretty as, much all year as the seven seed, correct? You know, banged up all year. Um, we got healthy and right at the right time, so that's really all fantasy football is like. A little bit of injury luck, and it's amazing <laughs> what can happen. We right? were incredibly unlucky all season, and then got lucky in the playoffs, and got lucky with Tyree Kill being out week one. I don't know what really happened week two. I think we just kind of. Popped off and then. The Did you play twos? Yeah, we played twos. Oh yeah, his like, he won round one and James Cook and Laporta combined for like sixty points, yeah. and then they combined for like eight points yeah. this week. Yeah, so we got yeah. lucky with that, and then McCaffrey going out. Not that that really mattered that much in the end because you won pretty handily. Yeah, but yeah, we definitely had some some luck on our side. Now, have you won a fantasy league before? I have. This, what was the was this your largest payout, or have you won more than this no, before? No, I won one more before. It was like my high school class. Gotcha. Like Kiss, Kraski, all them. I think okay. I won seven fifty. That's a so nice. So I guess chunk. in theory it would have been more a thousand, but you and I had to split it. I had to split. So yeah, this so would total have been, pot would have been more, but yeah, yeah. In terms of my payout, no. Okay, well that's still a nice chunk of change. Um, you basically just paid for your buy in the next like four years, which is yeah. pretty sweet. Um, going into the matchup itself, uh, I was busy on Sunday. I wasn't paying a ton of attention because I was in a wedding. Shout out Tim, Tim and Dakota, congratulations. Um, so going into the matchup here, let's go ahead. So I saw you put up a pretty big score, 166 here. Um, looking at the matchup here, it seems... Devontae Adams takes the cake for your highest score with 37 and a half in the championship game. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, that's why we traded the number two pick for him. It, you know, didn't work out great all year until the championship. Until when you needed him most. But that's, I mean, that's that's when we needed him. You know, T. Higgins dropped dropped the ball for us pretty much all year. He only put up 2.9 in this game. <laughs> we traded Kyler and pick five for him, but... 
again. But he did help you. What was the he first round? Us, yeah, against uh, team. team Cap. He had a big yeah, game. Yeah, we wouldn't have got over over the team. Yeah, Cap right. Time, so. so he helped you with that yeah. one. It's all. It's crazy how how things manifest sometimes. So would you go ahead and say that uh, Devonte Adams is the uh, team MVP for the championship week? Yeah, I mean, as much as I want to give it to my guy. Fields, because that's my guy. You gotta give. Oh, yeah, he, he had a pretty good week. Adams. 25, yeah, 25, yeah. I think it was the QB3 on the week or something like that. Yeah, QB3, exactly. So, you know, pretty much everyone showed out except for T. Higgins, and he got hurt, so we can't really be that, that mad about it. So, what I actually did last year in my work league, uh, never played fantasy football before, the girl who won the league uh, in the championship, Mike Evans, dropped like 54 points or whatever. <laughs> So we all pitched in and got her a Mike Evans uh, shirt jersey that she wears every now and then. So that's why I was thinking. I was like, who's the MVP? I was like, maybe we got to get Danny B and Yubi some Tay Adams hey, Las Vegas Raiders shirt jerseys for the W here. My other guy in this league, the one that you're uh, co-owning the team with mm-hmm. me in, um, they do a bobblehead for the team MVP. So, oh, for the winner? Yeah, so like oh, this nice. year the team that won had Zeke kind of carry them down the stretch, so they ended up getting a Zeke bobblehead. That's hilarious. I actually I have not checked up on a lot of those group me messages, so I probably missed yeah, I don't blame you. that portion. <laughs> they but, bench Mahomes in that league. It's yeah, very it's, Himmler-esque. It's, <laughs> he fit right in. Yeah. Maybe, we can, maybe there's a spot open. We can get him in next year. Um, flipping to your opponent here, AC, defending champion, Makes it back to the title game. Unfortunately, is not able to get it done. Uh, we crowned an MVP. Let's crown an LVP over here for AC. Um, I'm looking at it. There's a couple options. Noah Brown uh, with 1.8. It looks like he did get hurt, though. Um, but I think a little bit more upsetting is probably Chris Olave with 5.6. He might take the crown for the LVP. Yeah, I mean, as much as I hate to dog my guy, but... He failed you in the championship. You should probably trade him to us on the low. Yeah, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say he's probably the LVP. That uh, that Saints offense all year was just very weird. I would really like to see them. I don't know if they're going to get rid of Carr, though. Would they sign him three years? Yeah. Four years or something, something like, like that? that? I don't know. That sucks because there's really zero fantasy consistency whatsoever with any of his receiving options. Right. Um, you see multiple weeks, you have like eight or nine different players with receptions. It's like they just rotate so many skill players in. Yeah. Um, that's hard to rely on, and in fantasy that can become frustrating. Um, I mean, especially with someone as good as Chris Olave scoring you five points in the championship game. Like yeah. That makes you want to rip your hair out. Best case scenario for him moving forward is they go and get like Penix in the second or... Jaden Daniels falls in the first. Just someone who's going to wing it all over the I field. I mean, that's what a lot yeah. of is, is just take the top off. You saw it at Ohio State. So, yeah, Penix, you know. Penix down there. There's a few interesting spots for him. Um, Minnesota comes to mind if they decide to move off of Cousins following his injury. Um, New Orleans is also interesting. They have a few weapons on the outside. They'll probably add one or two more in the offseason, if I had to guess. Um and that dude has a cannon, so oh, yeah. he is left-handed, but we've seen it work in the NFL before. I don't think it's a huge downgrade. Um, but, yeah, th- that's an that's an interesting spot there for him. Let's switch gears a little bit here to uh, college football before we circle back again. Um, playoff games happened this weekend. Two pretty good games overall. Um, whose stock would you say 
perhaps climbed a little bit after the semifinals and whose would you say declined? Now we're looking more into like 2024 draft class as the season is over. Yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like anyone on Washington's offense climbed. Yeah, like Paul, like all the receivers. McClellan, McClellan, whatever. Yeah, McMillan. McMillan. And then the running back, um, oh my God. Dylan, Dylan Johnson. Johnson. And he got banged up, but they said he's playing in the championship. Yeah. So I'd say they pretty much all climbed. Um, I guess maybe the only one that fell was the Texas running back. I don't know. Or Quinn Ewers. Like, I don't know if anyone, like, fell. <clears throat> I guess maybe J.J. McCarthy. Like, he still threw three touchdowns, but it, like, wasn't an impressive performance. It was literally an underneath flat route or, like, an underneath drag that, Alabama just refused to cover that were all their big plays and then this uh big chunk like, play that he caught that one-handed pass behind the back yeah right back pass so um I mean I'm not sure his stock feels very Will Levis-esque in terms of people projecting him high but people that watch the sport saying he's really not that good maybe he's he's also kind of a massive douchebag um he doesn't look that big either. No. Like, he's not as big and as <clears throat> imposing as Levis, but, like, they do kind of have similar games. Like, you look at Levis in college, he had no touch. I've never seen J.J. McCarthy throw a ball with touch. I've just seen him throw Throw lasers rockets. all the time. Like, I mean, he's got a strong arm, stronger than I r- remember, like, from years past. But... I don't know if anyone's really fell. Maybe Quinn Ewers, but I guess he's not declaring anything. He's not coming out regardless. So, Um, I I went to bed early. I didn't catch the second half in that Texas-Washington game. Um, It seemed like those Texas receivers were able to start making some plays in the second half. Um, So you got to think those guys still have some pretty high stock as well as the Washington receivers. Um, Now, they're very interesting to me, and them being – Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell. Um, I've seen anywhere from them being both listed in, like, the top six receivers, and then I've seen them both, like, 10, 11, 12, like, outside. So I don't really know where that discrepancy is. Personally, I think they're both pretty good, and I think their games are going to translate. What are your thoughts on both of those receivers coming out of Texas? Yeah, I mean, I think Mitchell might actually be better than Worthy at the next level. I think Worthy just had the hype coming into the season. He had that huge freshman year. It'll be interesting. Like, Worthy at his best get, gets you that, like, <clears throat> C.D. Lamb type of vibe. But we haven't seen that since his freshman year. Yeah. So you don't know, like, okay, maybe he's falling off. You know, maybe he's just going to be another guy. Mitchell's looks like a freak um, at times. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. It's... It's hard to judge Texas. They feel a lot like the Cowboys of college football, ironically enough, being hmm. in Texas. You know, it's always, tech, we're back, and hook them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool, hook them, you know, and then horns down. Um, I, like you said, though, I think I don't see a receiver in this class that's in, like, the top ten of receivers that that's game doesn't translate well to the NFL. Like, you look yeah. at years past, like, you know, Quentin Johnson has been kind of a bust right now, but I feel like his stuff is more mental than physical. Like he definitely he just got has the, the yips, yips at, at one this point. point. It's yeah. whether he can overcome the yips or not because the game is there. Like Keon Coleman's kind of the same thing. He's a lot like 
QJ. He's a lot like George Pickens. In fact, that they're just so athletic, so fast, so strong, but they don't separate great. Can they go catch the ball at the the mm-hmm. high point? We've seen QJ fail. We've seen Pickens excel at that. So where does Keon Coleman fall in that aspect? You know, so it's like looking at all the receivers. All their games seem to translate well. Like the receivers in college just seem so much more polished than ever before. Yeah, I mean, you used to see receivers. They come in year one. If they get five hundred yards, it was like huge. Now it's like they're expected to almost to get almost to a get a thousand. Right. So it's it's crazy that that position has taken the biggest jump. Well, like running backs taking the biggest step back. Yeah, especially now too when you're starting to see running backs get drafted later and later. Before we switch to the running backs. Um, to to kind of build off of talking about how deep the receiver class is, um, I'm just going to list a receiver in the upcoming 2024 draft class. And I want you to tell me if you think you could envision, I mean, granted, it's all depending on landing spot. Like Marvin Harrison could go to the Giants and put up like a goose because it's the Giants. Like yeah. a lot of it depends on where they go. But if you could envision like the player in the right scheme – Let's say 750 because that's a pretty productive year. Uh, let's say if you could envision them having 750 receiving yards. All right, we're going to count how many we, we say yes to. Marv. Yeah. <laughs> Malik Neighbors. Absolutely. Let's go other LSU guy, Brian Thomas. Yes. Uh, Roma Dunze. Definitely. Both Texas people. I think Worthy has a better or uh, Mitchell has a better chance than Worthy, but they, again, both could get there. Troy Franklin. Probably. Keon Coleman. Probably. McConkie. Maybe. May- His is very <clears throat> landing spot dependent, I think. Yes, correct. Like, he could end up in a situation where you have a team like <clears throat> Seattle who is sitting there who had a great draft last year, built up a lot of pieces, takes best available player in Jackson Smith and Jig, but last year they don't yeah. really need him to go out and get 750 yeah, right. yards because you have DK Metcalf, you have Tyler Lockett, you get to develop him and bring him along, and then whenever they finally get a quarterback to take him over to the next level, he's just going to step up into that wide receiver one role. Or he could go into a spot like Baltimore, be the number two right alongside Zay Flowers and put up Zay Flowers right. to rookie numbers. So his is very spot dependent. I think honestly, that might not be a bad spot for him. Is Baltimore? Baltimore, I know. Um, I got a couple more just off the top of my head. How about um, Tez Walker from UNC, Drake May's guy? Yeah, I don't think so. I think he's still he's going to take some time. He might be like a Rasheed Rice type of guy, like similar yeah. type of play style. Now I know <clears throat> Rasheed Rice is having a huge year, but. Rice came on late to get there. Correct. You know, yeah. like Quez is probably going to have to come on late to get there. And last one, how about that alien from South Carolina? Leggett or whatever? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen enough. I feel like he's going to be just, like a Debo type Just guy. wait till the combine. When when yeah. he, that man goes to the combine, I'm just telling you now, and I'm, I'm claiming this now because I'm saying this before everyone's about to be slobbering on him after the yeah. combine. My man's... Is about 6'3", probably 220, 230 pounds. He's going to run under a 4'4". He was clocked at 22 miles an hour this year. and He, he looks like DK Metcalf, more yeah. or less. He's going to go in the combine, run a stupid time. He's going to look great in a cutoff and shorts, and some team's going to probably overdraft him. It'll be him. a team like Tennessee that'll pick him. 
And like, yeah. he's not going to get there being on Tennessee. Correct. Or a good team could actually pick him. And right. then it's like, oh, my God. So yeah. point being, we just touched on 10 guys that there's a shot that right. they could. Where this year there was, what, four that yeah. we were talking about? Kinda. I mean, you even have guys like Abuka. He might go yeah, back like, to Ohio I don't even State say because, him. because yeah. the class is so loaded. Like, go back. Uh, speaking of Ohio State, Will Howard just committed to Ohio State. Did he? For he sure. Did. Yeah, so we got next Josh Allen. Okay, um, yeah. But, yeah, like, Abuka could go back, easily have another huge year with him, and then be wide receiver one. Why would you come out now and potentially be wide receiver seven off the yeah. board? Like, he he could go anywhere from wide receiver <clears throat> three to wide receiver 12. Like, that's how yes. loaded this class is. Yeah, and it's all just going to depend on what team's value. And some people are going to like big and fast. Other people are going to like smaller that get open easier. Like, it's yeah. just... Kind of a team philosophy, um, which is why the draft's going to be so interesting, especially day two. Because oh, yeah. I feel like in that second to third round is going to be, we're probably going to see like five or six of these receivers go. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, switching to the other prime position here for our rookie draft, the running back position. Um, kind of a weird class. Um, do we know Travion's deal yet? Is he staying or leaving? Not sure. From what I've heard from the inside sources that are part of the team, is he wants to stay. He views it as unfinished business, that whole thing. <clears throat> and they're trying to tell him no. So he'll, prob- and he'll probably leave, most likely. Most likely. Someone will talk sense into him just in terms of like... Yeah, I mean, you- he's going to do what he wants to do, obviously. He played yeah. the bowl game. Like, yeah, right. Did he have a whole lot to improve on his draft stock? I, I don't know. I mean, he's probably the running back one right now. When healthy, yeah. he's, you know, yeah. very, very good. But that's the thing. His health is such a question that it hurts his, his draft stock. Mm-hmm. So let's say, let's, let's take a handful of guys here. Um, let's go with him. We'll talk about Corum. I guess we can include Estime, Bucky Irving, and let's pick Braylon Allen. Um, those are five good, good college running backs, and I think all of their games translate. However, there's probably only two, I would say three of those five guys that have the capability of being more workhorse type, like can shoulder more carries. Um, I don't really know. We saw him do it at Michigan – but just because they're not as big with Corm and Irving, I don't know about... I mean, we just kind of saw Kyron Williams break that mold this year. He's not the biggest guy, but I feel like they almost have to be plugged into a system. And, like, in our draft, like, do you really want to draft a running back high that you know is just going to split carries right out the gate? I don't know. Like, and that's kind of the way the NFL is leading. Like, um, or. Take the two running backs that were taken in the first round this year and Gibbs and Bijan, like they yielded carries pretty much all season to their counterparts as well. Right. And they were still pretty productive. Um but I don't know, what are your thoughts on the running back class? So my thoughts are it's totally landing spot dependent. So Travian Henderson and Braylon Allen are probably one and two in terms mm-hmm. of having that three down back capability at the NFL yes. and even Allen I mean Allen's not a great pass catcher so that kind of hurts him but they have the shiftiness they have the breakaway speed they have the size they have the strength they have all that stuff that, that you're looking for mm-hmm. so but 
if they don't go to a good spot, they could easily fall to the back end of our, our first round. Now, Estime is kind of like Najee Harris, right? Like, he's not going to bust a ton of huge runs. He's going to get no, a few here he's there. Gonna but he's going to be first and second down, like... Miami would be a great spot for him. Miami or Baltimore. Team, yeah, like if they don't, if they decide like to part ways with Dobbins, and I don't know if Gu- is Gus Edwards a free agent. I actually think he is. He might be. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if they just say, okay, we'll take this guy in the third round. Right. Like he's a first round pick if he goes to Baltimore. Right. He's yeah. gonna feast on the goal line yes. with their offense. So like that's that's another you know he'll <clears throat> be like a Najee Harris type guy, um, and then the other two, Corum and Bucky Irving. You know, Bucky's got kind of like that A-chain feel to him, like a little scat-back guy, catch passes mm-hmm. out of the backfield, super fast. Um, and Corum, I know there's been a lot of talk about Corum and his translation to the NFL. I think he looks a step slower this year than he did last what year. What did he hurt last year again? His knee. His knee. Yeah. So, two things. One, is he fully healthy all year? Probably. You know, but two, they've run that kid to the ground. You know, that's what their team is. They don't throw the ball. They run the ball. Yeah. And I know they have Edwards there, too, Donovan Edwards. or Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's Donovan Edwards. So, like, he's taken some of the mileage off of his legs. But I remember last year, especially against – not against Ohio State because he didn't play. He played in the first half and then he got banged up. But the game before Ohio State, he was busting runs and just – getting out and running away from dudes mm-hmm. like this year all of his touchdowns except for like the last three weeks came from within the five yard line yeah he wasn't blowing runs away they still had one of the best O lines in college football creating lines and holes and things for him to get through he's got a crazy jump cut but up until the ohio state game uh the game before ohio state against maryland i think they played and then the semifinal and the Iowa game a little bit. He never really busted any long runs. Mm-hmm. And the ones he did break, I mean, you saw the one in the, the semifinal. There was nobody even going to come close to touching him. But something about him this year just doesn't seem to have that next gear. Maybe he just hasn't had to use it. Maybe it's the injury. Or, again, I mean, we've seen running backs fall off like that, you know, like look at yeah, Zeke. Yeah, you really just don't, um, don't he, know. He scares me in terms of how much mileage is on his legs coming into college being a little bit older being smaller how much is he going to be able to hold up i think he can be good i think i don't think he's going to come in and be a three down back play every single snap i just i think those days are done to be honest i mean look at even like derrick henry pretty much yeah was best at that's what Najee's best at is just pounding it getting three four yards and then eventually the defense wears out and he busts a long run but then you bring in a guy like Warren to split carries. It's it's an interesting position. I, I don't know. Yeah. I know I just talked a lot and, and nonsense. No, it's uh, it's so landing. It's I think it's more landing spot dependent than receiver is, because while yes, you need a good quarterback to get you the ball, the league is so pass happy now that like you're gonna get your yards. Like Garrett Wilson played with absolute turds all year, and I think he he had a thousand yards again or close yeah, to he it. Had like. A Dude, like, th- those guys are going to get their targets. Um, granted, they might not do as well, but running back, dude, is so much, so much where you go. Oh, yeah. Like, take... Um, and O-line. Yeah, dude, like, a scheme. Take um, 
I don't know, Gibbs. So he got drafted to a team that, A, used him correctly, B, um, has a good offensive coordinator, an offense that scores a lot of points. Dude, if you just, like, took him from where he was and you threw him on, like, I don't know, do the Texans or any different team, like, he's not going to be as productive. Right. It's just not – it's all based on how they want to use you, what your game's like, what the offensive running scheme dictates. Are they going to throw you the ball? Look at um, James Cook. Like, he was bad under the first OC. Yeah, right. And, and then Joe they, Brady comes in and starts running him more outside <clears> and starts throwing him the ball. and Then he starts to, you know, he's in the Pro Bowl. Like, I yeah. know the Pro Bowl's stupid, but he's, yeah. he's at least good enough to get the votes, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it just totally depends on, on the spot. And like you said, with receivers, I know there were, like you said, Garrett Wilson had turds thrown on the ball, like, all these quarterbacks are coming back. Like, Burrow's coming back. Yes, right. Rodgers is coming back. You know, Kirk Cousins will be back somewhere. Like, the quarterback play should get better, especially with five good-looking prospect quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, it. I like you said, I think receiver has a chance. You can pretty much almost land on any team except for the Giants at this point <laughs> and expect to have a good, good season. Yeah. I mean, granted, the Giants might end up taking Jaden Daniels and then... All of a sudden, that that's a whole different that spot. That improves a little bit. Jalen Hyatt, whoever has him in Dynasty. Kyber. Yeah. Shout out BK. Um, all right, let's circle back to your team, right? The Guzzlers, the fourth ever champion. Um, what's next for you guys? Early off-season plans. You running it back? You trying to ship anybody off potentially? I know you have a lot of draft picks, which is good and a bad thing too because when you have a good team – you got to cut ties with some people you probably don't want to. So early thoughts in the off season. What comes next for the for the reigning champs here? Yeah, so I think we're pretty much set. Like we do have, like we have seven draft picks. Yeah. But one, I think we're going to trade some of those picks away for for good players. Um, I don't really think we have to trade any players because everyone's pretty young. Saquon is like our oldest guy mm-hmm. besides Devontae Adams. <clears throat> Um, so that's probably where we'll end up looking is trading those picks for another receiver. Um, I mean, we jokingly have Justin Ross on our bench. Like, DJ Chark is rostered. OBJ is probably cuttable after this year. Like, yeah, there's some If you look at our can... roster, we, we have, like, seven cut spots. Yeah. In theory. You know, um, if we wanted to go all rookies, which honestly might not be a bad move with how deep this class is. Yeah. Um, like, if it comes down to it, would you rather cut OBJ and draft Quorum in the third round? You know? So it's it's one of those things. So we'll see. I, we have we have really no no plans. We're just basking in the glory. Just of enjoying it. And spaghetti dinners with Gavin's father. <laughs> I will say the trophy is pretty nice. Uh, I found that out not from winning uh, because I came in last last year. <laughs> And uh, had to deliver it to AC, but it's pretty well designed. Um, you know, they did spell Kybe's last name wrong, uh, so I had to take it back to them, and they had to redo the nameplate, which was rather unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but it is a nice trophy. Um, our league is a stickler for trophy beers, so they're going to want to see, you know, some beers pounded out of that. Now thinking about it, this is our first ever co-champion. 
How are you guys going to split the deal with the trophy? Are you going to keep it for a little bit, maybe give it to Yubi at some point, let him have it? What are the, what are the plans there for the trophy? Yeah, so we're going to file uh, some joint custody papers <laughs> for, the, for the trophy. Every other weekend it goes to Christian. Yeah, we'll meet in uh, Morgantown and <laughs> share the in trophy. A, in, a, in an Arby's parking lot. And Cabela's. Just, Cabela's. We're Cabela's, classy, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, Cabela's parking lot we'll meet um, and, and share the trophy. Maybe take a, a trophy beer right in the Cabela's parking lot. <laughs> that would be... That would be... Next level young league content in a Morgantown Cabela's. Be like, hey, here you go, buddy. Enjoy the trophy for the next two months. Um, all right, so that's it. There you have it. There's our champion. Uh, we're sorry we couldn't get the other member of the duo here. Um, I think they're on to dessert now, though, which is great. They're splitting a tiramisu, uh, decaf coffee also. Can never have too much coffee. Really just accentuates the flavor there. Um, Dan, congratulations to you and your team. Um, I'm excited for you to get the trophy. Like I said, it, it's very well put together and uh, very well deserved this year. Congratulations on the prize money and also the trophy. I appreciate it. Any final words from the champ? Uh, we're just looking to run it back next year. Who got the youth? Somebody trade us a wide receiver. <laughs> and yeah, you know, we're just happy we took down Team Cap at the end of the day. Hey, man, I, I think I speak for the entire league saying. Thank you for your for your services. I did take them down too. The Betty White Pack did hand them an L, uh, and I had three wins all year. Or four, I had four. So, uh, yeah, take that team cap, huh? <laughs> Just kidding, Cran. I agree with you. We can leave uh, the team cap hatred in twenty twenty three. We're on to a new year. We're turning the page. Um, yeah, maybe we can uh, be a little nicer to them. Yeah, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. All right, boys. Happy New Year. Um, and we'll talk to you soon.